This podcast is a product of the Hyper RPG Podcasting Network. Visit hyperrabbitpowergo.com to learn more. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of How Are You Doing? Welcome to Hyper. It's Monday. It's a holiday week. We will only be streaming three days this week, so we appreciate you all being here with us today. And I'd like to just get right into it with my good friend, Peter. Hey, buddy. What's How up, you doing, man? man? Welcome to the show. So this show is called How Are You Doing? And it exists because I never get to talk to my friends. And I was thinking on Twitter the other day out loud about how I feel like most of my friends don't know they're my friends because I never talk to them ever. (laughs) And the only way I can make that happen is if we make this a show (laughs) and I schedule actual time in my schedule to be able to talk to my friends so just check in just check in i mean do you feel that way too you're a really busy guy and with pandemic and everything else like do you feel like it's really hard to keep up with your relationships um i i do but also i don't i i keep like a very like um i don't know man i i keep like a very short communication relationship with a lot of my friends yeah so a lot of it's been like um Hey man, morning. I hope everything's going well with you. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I got things going on. Da, 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 da. But um, I don't, it, yeah. I don't do like a lot of, yeah. That's l- literally what it's been for the past year. Mm-hmm. I mean, before that, previously, then maybe no. Previously, with that, it's like uh, I, a lot of my friends circled around like um, the things that I did. Right. So it was kind of like um, same. My dancers. Yeah, exactly. But that's why like it's great that you're doing this because it's it's um. The people that you circle around, you can actually like break that and talk to people outside your circle. That's like uh, we haven't been playing games in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's the problem. Well, I mean, we haven't exactly done a stream. I've always said like since I started this kind of content, the only people I could keep up with were people who had weekly shows here. And now that exactly. we're not even doing weekly shows anymore, uh, I feel like I've lost contact with everyone. Because we're still live, yeah. like six eight hours a day, so it's not like I have time in that day to just be like, "Hey, let's let's chat, let's hang out." Uh, that was my it's only. It's funny because like I feel like, well, at least with me, um, I lurk sometimes with a uh, hyper. I don't know if you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we know. Like, every um, once in a while, you'll be like, "Oh, I saw that thing." I'll be like, "You lurking little son of a." <laughs> yeah, it helps me feel like um, I guess like uh, like you're not alone. You yeah. know, it's kind of nice. I don't think that's the best thing about Twitch. It's like uh, you can keep up with people. Right. But also at the same time, you're like, oh, man, I don't know how they're really doing. Right. That may ask you, like, actually, like, how are you doing? Oh, <laughs> you <know>? terrible. <laughs> terrible. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Please, yeah. tell me about it. Let's no, talk. good enough. Good enough. You know, I'm, I'm good enough. I think I'm feeling the same stresses and uncertainty that everyone is. I don't think my feelings right now are special. I mean, everyone is unique, but I think – one thing that kind of brings us all together right now is we can all relate to the same stress of uncertainty in the world right now. That could be mm-hmm. something that helps bind us together, but ironically, the situation that leads to makes us further apart than ever before. 
despite it being something that should really bring us all together. Uh, emotionally, I think we're all feeling similar things. I hope. I would hope. And I would like to apologize to everybody in the chat. We know that there's a sync issue. Um, this problem is with OBS itself. When we are testing, like right now, everything's perfectly in sync, but the output for some reason is out of sync for you guys. And the only way that we can fix it, literally the only way, is to be live, have you guys say it's out of sync, and then we experiment and move it around. Because on monitoring, it's fine. Uh, it looks perfectly in sync, and <laughs> Peter looks perfectly in sync. So we're like kind of just you know shooting the shit a little bit, and then they will behind the scenes be like testing it out and making sure it works now um, streaming is, is so it's so well it's it's extra so tough <laughs> when we're doing interviews with this software because the software is outputting over ndi and there's no way to like um the audio and video come in separate is what I'll say. Like your video comes in as one source and the audio gets output into our soundboard and then back in. So it mixes so you can hear me, you can hear whatever music or alerts we might play and all that kind of stuff. And getting that balance, like I said, on our end it looks good, but then whenever it goes to output, it's like impossible. Like to you tell. never know. You never know. Yeah. And you would think somebody would have figured this out software-wise by now. We have one piece of software that does it correctly when we're doing these big call-ins and everything else, but that software over the last four months has become super buggy and it doesn't run anymore. And when we open it, it makes everything else shut down. It's really fun. It's good times. Oh um, my gosh. But they're working on it. The guys behind the scenes are working on it. And before we get too deep into this interview, I will go ahead and let everyone else know that you'll notice that we have a sub goal on screen. And to keep interruptions from happening in the middle of this stream, at the end of the stream, when we're done with the interview, for every sub that's on that sub goal, we will dance for 10 seconds, add it hey, up over hey, and over and over hey, again. Hey. So we're already at 40 seconds. Uh, I forgot to mention to you, Peter, how high this could possibly go. Uh, I've got the sub goal set at 75. I don't think we'll get anywhere close to that. But if it gets up to 75, that's 750 seconds worth of uh, me gyrating my hips. Wow. And I apologize right, for everybody that would have to see that. <laughs> yeah. That's a long time. It's a long time. We'll see. Uh, but we appreciate you guys' support. And uh, it's not just ungifted subs. Um, it's all subs. There's no way for us in the sub goal to differentiate between gifted and non-gifted. We prefer non-gifted because we've noticed that a lot of people that come in and do exactly what Satir just did. I was just about to tell you, Satir, not to do that. Not to do that. I was in the middle of my whole speech, and then they did it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't do what Satir just did. Off, bro. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support, Satir. But don't do it. Um, please don't do it. Uh, we want you to be smarter with your money. You work hard for your money. And money is tight for everyone right now. And what I will tell you is that Twitch's gift sub system is not very smart. And when you come into a stream and you just dump like 20 gift subs chances are half of those gift subs are being given to people who will never watch the channel and not to people who are in the chat being like, I wish I was subscribed to this channel. So what we try to tell our community is if you're gonna be giving a gift sub, try to look for someone in the chat who's not subscribed, who's like, I wish I was a sub, but I can't afford it right now. That's the thumper way to do it. Often when you just come in and drop a massive dump of subs, unfortunately, it's like 
they're, it just it hands it to random followers. Some of these people are followers that followed us three years ago and will never come back and watch us again. There's no way to know. So it's like unf- it feels like a waste of your hard-earned money. So we advise against that. As cool as it is for us to get the subs, we just don't feel like it feels right to just be like, here, random person who will never watch this channel while there's people in the chat who are like, I'm struggling and I could use the help, you know? So one at a time helps people a lot. But Dang, now, we're at, good to know. now we're at 240 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> hey, a lot but, of dancing. Yeah. So let's, let's get back into it, Peter. I know uh, that we had some questions on Twitter. The team is printing off the questions for me. But before we get into that, getting back to the main question of this show, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, overall, it's like what you were saying. It's like um, there's just so many different things that's going on in life. I'd say overall good. Mm-hmm. Overall really good, actually. Um, I, was, I was assessing that like just yesterday. Like, cause I just got back to LA uh, two days ago. Right, and you so were on I was a project. Thinking, and I was you, sitting, and I was you're like, on a project that you can't tell us about. I'll just go ahead and put that out there. Yes, secret, super secret. Yeah, yeah. I've just been saying that it's Power Rangers because uh, I pretty much look the same. Cause I'm wearing like the suit and everything too. Cause I was like, all right, well, I'm just pretty much just doing press in 2.0. Uh huh. Uh huh. But um, I uh, yeah, it's something uh, I actually got to work on for six weeks. So it was nice. Cool. It was a nice chunk of time. So that's why, like, yesterday I was thinking about it as I got back home, and I was like, how is everything going? You know, like, checking in with myself and being back home in L.A. It's like, is everything good? And I was looking, and I was like, yeah, you know, for the most part, there's. it's kind of funny how, like, you can always look at things in a good way and in a bad way. Like, yeah. there's always going to be something that is good, and there's always going to be something that's like, well, yeah, this could work. This could uh, use some work. You know, like this. Is, <laughs> so yeah, I would say good to answer your question. Really long tangents. Yeah, but what about mean, you, you've, man? Been, you've been doing a lot more than that, right? Like, uh, I know it's kind of holiday stuff right now, but you know, last time you and I talked, you had decided to go back to school and keep studying art, right? Dude, which was a pain and a half when we were shooting. Cause um, well, I mean, okay, don't get me wrong, I love it. Like it was, yeah. it was really enjoyable, like doing it, but um. While we were shooting, the last week of shooting, when I had like um, 12 pages to prepare and stuff, I also ha- happened to have like 13 pages of finals to, to, to draw mm-hmm. for my school and everything. So I, it was just a lot, of, uh, a lot to juggle while I was filming. But it's nice that everything was online. At least I didn't have to like drop out of class and have to retake the class and get a W or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. How's that been going though? Because you've—that's been a couple of years now, right? That you've been working mm-hmm. on that. Two years. That's a couple. It's been right? two years. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that, that's a literal couple. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Yeah, it's been two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just finished my second year, but uh, I've had schooling beforehand, so um, I only have a year left of credits to actually do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in terms of work, like who knows? If I get a job then I might have to put schooling a little bit back on the burners, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what exactly are you focusing your studies on? Fine arts and psychology. Fine arts and psychology. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really curious, like, in your mind, are you trying to find a way to mix the two through, like, a deeper exploration of your art with the help of psychology? Yeah, or sort of. separate? Sort of. Um... 
So I'm I'm actually trying to get my psychology degree just for um for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, um I I don't know, teaching teaching psychology would be kinda nice, like high school, college. That would just be yeah, a simple living for me. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's I mean it's not easy, but it's it's uh if I can get it and I can get tenure, I'd be pretty secure for a while, you know? Right, right. And um my the fine art stuff is because I just really like it. I really, I really enjoy doing it. And I think you and I have talked a little bit about like um, getting classes for like a uh, figure drawing and all that stuff. It's just nice to be able to do it for free because yeah. like usually it's like fifty bucks per session for like an hour, whereas this like you pay like what sixty bucks and you get like two sessions a week. You wait, know? wait, wait! What do you mean <laughs> for free? You're taking school for free? No, well, no, 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 no. I mean, like technically speaking, in terms of like. If you're paying fifty bucks for those figure drawing classes, right? In this in this case, you'd be paying sixty dollars for the whole community college class. Gotcha. And then you'd be going to like two classes a week. So no, it's not free. But gotcha. I mean, like, if you, th- yeah, yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what's your favorite aspect of fine art? And and I don't know. I know we've talked about some of this stuff before. I know we've not a we've not been allowed to talk about some of this stuff before. Uh, at least with our audience, I think, I mean, I'll, I'll say it now because pretty much everyone I know is gone. I don't know what kind of contracts you might still have, but I'll I'll say, like, you know, <laughs> we were never really allowed to say how much work we were doing or how little work we were doing on Hyperforce. You know, it was always supposed to be a general, like, everyone's working together. I'm a big proponent in the film world of, like, everyone, yes, is working together, but also credit where credit's due, and the people who are working hard to make things happen yeah. should get that credit for that so they're not forgotten and left behind. And, you know, yeah. you worked really hard on helping with the design of, you know, the weapons, the suits. Um, I worked super hard on the logo. You know, you worked really hard helping out with the helmets, and we had, uh, I can't remember his name right now, we had like a 3D, graph, oh, yeah. a 3D designer I, that helped out. Revamped the helmet. I didn't really technically do them. Yeah, you yeah. had them done by somebody else, and then all I did was like make them look more like the suits. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah, you know that was now three years ago. How do you feel oh like gosh. since then your art or your approach to your art has changed or grown? Um. <clears throat> well, back then I feel like. I was more methodical with my art. Yeah, it was like uh, I I had to do it for a reason. It was like oh, I was doing it for a project. I was doing it for Hyperforce. I was doing it for D and D. Right. I kind of I kind of miss that. I, I'm I I really like how efficient I was with my artwork, but also at the same time, um, now I'm I'm more uh, exploratory. Yeah. I'm more expressive with my artwork. It's more like um. Well, I I don't have any projects that I'm doing. I am just trying to do this for school. Or if I have nothing else going on, why not explore art? Mm-hmm. You know. So it's been it's been a lot more. Um, just do I enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. So exploratory. Whereas back then I used to be more mission based and more. Um, I had projects. You know, I was, I was yeah. project based, and I would only make artwork when I had a reason to make artwork. Whereas now I'm just doing it for fun. That's good. I, I feel like, though you say like you liked it for mission base, I feel like that just doing it for fun is where everybody hopes to get, where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm doing it for work, but also I'm just going to keep working while I'm learning and exploring. 
that's the part I miss the most of mm -hmm. being in school is that kind of like trying to figure out what your voice is and what you have to say, you know, like what's the point in doing this? Why am I doing it? Why do I enjoy it? How do I express myself in a way that feels true? Um, yeah. instead of just kind of like the grind of work where it's, you know, okay, yeah. this is what they want. And then you go back and forth. Trying this is to what like, I got to do. Yeah. 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 And then Please you get notes clients. and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is too much work. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I mean, definitely. I think a, a good balance. I like, I like a good balance, you know, cause even with like something like that, it's like, I do wish, I do wish that I had things that were like uh, actual responsibilities to strive towards mm -hmm. so that way i i can do that instead of just having a loose form because I, I think it's it's just nice to have both i don't know uh and and this is a question i feel you know i'm i'm curious of because you are like a person that you know has done a lot of like uh physical training like for stunts and and just getting your body in shape and things like that do you as a person feel like you need the kind of motivation of an end goal of like a job or work to keep yourself on top of things? Or do you feel like you're very self-motivated where you'll draw just for drawing's sake? Or do you need those kinds of missions? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's like what I was saying before. Uh, a bit of balance. Yeah, I don't know, bro. It's like, um, I think, I think I've talked to you a little bit about this where I like, like to take my stuff that isn't like actual full missions and projects and take them more seriously. Even if I don't have them, like, um, I think I've shown you some of the homebrew stuff that I've made for D&D, &D, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff, I'll take it a little bit more seriously than I really should, you know? Just so I can kind of have that balance of, like, I can do whatever the heck I want, but also I have things that I'm, like, chipping away at right, that right. I know I need to get done. Like, oh, I need to get this done. So, like, even with D&D, &D, it's like, I'll make these homebrew classes and I'll hint it to my friends in the game. So in the game, their characters are looking forward to that. I'll feel the pressure of it. And because uh, it's just like a little bit of a pressure, it'll make me want to go to it instead of like right. a massive pressure where I just like super have to do it, you know? Right on. So that but yeah, giving yourself your own missions to kind of your exactly. own goals that you yeah, have to small look up ones. to. Yeah. What are small some goals, examples like, of things like that in your life right now? Like what are some like small little things that you've given yourself little goals that you're currently working towards? Uh, actually, uh, well, quite a bit. Too much. See, that's the thing, the problem, <laughs> too much, yeah. Uh, you and I are similar in this case. Like, we have yeah. a lot of, like, projects that we want to do. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, one of them would be, I'm, I'm trying to make, like, a D&D &D with my friends where I get to do, like, a real-life, not D&D &D per se, because I, sh I shouldn't say D&D. &D. It's a role-playing game where we pretty much use a system similar to 5e. But um, I'm just trying to get one going with my friends that I can kind of play with in real life, you know, just so we can, um, I don't know, just so I can, it, it'll fuel my own creativity for drawing the characters. And if anything, maybe I can make a short film from it, turn it into a script, turn it into, uh, a, I don't know, whatever, whatever I decide to. That's one of the things that I'm trying to do. Um, I'm also working with my brother. So he's streaming now. He does, uh, yeah, yeah. he streams. His, uh, yeah, his, um, well, he streams pretty much everything, but um, I'm trying to get something going with him where I make him a, uh, a role-playing game. And it's, I'm using a system that I created like two years ago that I'm slowly finishing. I'm not finished with it yet, but I'm slowly finishing it. And um, that's one of them. But that, one, that one's taking me quite some time because I'm doing character designs for it. 
and uh, it's I'm not doing the best with it, especially with like school and with like uh, work. Yeah, <laughs> I have other stuff preoccupied, you know. So it's not it's not exactly priorities right now. And is this but, the uh, same? Because yeah, I know you showed me a system a couple of years ago that originally was supposed to be kind of like a D and D, you know, adventure add-on, but very much your own thing. Is it an offshoot of that or something completely different? Different. Um, cool. the the system that I was working on with you, um, while well, I was talking to you about it. Sorry, it was a car tool. It was a, I was actually just trying to make that expand for um. A city system so it was like using honor system repute that kind of stuff but for um within a city yeah yeah and and that's a really good point somebody had in the chat room isn't yoshi also kind of like juggling some new responsibilities right now he's he is going somewhere else he's uh my god god he's he's just doing really well yeah he's I uh mean, he's on he's, a show <laughs> but he's also he has a kid yeah yeah what's it like being an uncle man I actually don't even know. I just got back like two days ago. I just got back and uh, I haven't done um, my test, my testing yet. So I, I can't really go see the baby. Yeah. You know how it is. Um, I don't really want to go see the kid when, when I'm like fresh off of an airplane. And Right, totally. I, ironically, I'm more to seeing my parents, but it's, well, the baby is different. I just, I just want to make sure. So I haven't seen him yet. Uh, he seems He seems to be doing pretty good. I see him on FaceTime sometimes. Yeah. He seems he seems chill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it hasn't really hit you yet? Like, it hasn't, like, settled? It's hit me from day one. Like, the moment that he told me that he was going to have a kid, I was like, it's just, it's different. Like, it feels, it's hit me a long time ago that I was like, oh, my God. My family line, we're, we're going to have another uh, another kid. Like, there's going to be another Sidarso going around. Like, that's. That's kind of crazy. Like, what the heck? There's gonna be another Sidarso, you know? Well, for me, for me, that's crazy because it's like, I don't know. I just grew up not knowing any Sidarsos. Like, how many Sidarsos do you know in your life? You know, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now, so now we uh, there's there's another Sidarso, and uh, I just haven't really felt his physical presence yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen him yet, so I don't really know yet. Yeah, but he seems to be doing good. Seems like it. I, yeah, I've been following the post, too. So <laughs> I'm going to hop right into some questions that we got from the chat, and then we'll just kind of spin off of those questions and uh, come up with more questions. But we'll just kind of roll with it. And as the same as before, I'm going to ask these questions as if I asked them, not uh, necessarily saying who in the chat asked them. So just be looking for your question. Know that I'm seeing them. I'm reading them off. But, you know, it's funnier if I read them as if I'm the person asking. <laughs> So what's your current Gunpla project that you're working on right now? Mm. Actually. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I, <laughs> I, see, this is one of the side things that I have. This is, this is back burner. I just do this like, it's not anything serious. Mm -hmm. But I'm turning this one. I built this one currently, but I am holding him together with tapes so that I could repaint it. So I'm actually repainting it currently with a silver and champagne. I'm pretty much just painting my car. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Thank you for asking, bro. Uh, do you travel with like paints and miniatures or your, gun your Gundams or do you just like, wait, that's a project no. just for home? 
This is probably just for home. I've just been doing it since I got back. Since mm-hmm. it's been, yeah. No, I do not travel with them. You're like, since you got back, wasn't that like yesterday? <laughs> well, yeah, but then I was, I was ready to do you, it. You got, yeah, back, like... you got back and you're like, all right, all right, I got to go by the store. I got to get some paint. I got to get <laughs> priorities. No, 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 no. I just, I just I put all my stuff in the same. I have like a yeah. little like workstation. So, yeah, they're all in the same area. So uh, I know the answer to this question, but again, I'll ask as if I'm the one asking it. Was working with Hyper the first time you played something like D&D? And if not, what got you into D&D? Uh, no, I've been, I played D&D previously. Uh, I think it was, uh, I started with 3E, which I was not as big of a fan of. And I did that with my friends, uh, Pierre. Cool guy. He, he, still, he still DMs. He's, uh, he's a great guy. But uh, I played with him for like a couple of years before that, and then we got into 4E, and then I did not like that as well. And that's actually what me and some of the people at Hyper bonded about when we first started talking. Mm-hmm. We talked about how 4E was a terrible system, <laughs> and how 5E was much, much better. So um, yeah, that's, that's how I got into D&D. And I think a lot of people probably don't know that we originally got hooked up with you and Yoshi because when we were first pitching uh to at the time saban right after we pitched we were told do you guys know peter and yoshi and we're like no no i've never actually met them and they're like oh yeah they've been pitching something similar too but more like D power rangers stuff like that we should just link everybody together and that immediately was like okay yep let's do that let's go ahead and yeah uh, make that connection and go from there do you hear that yeah. they are announcing a uh a ha- hasbro's doing a D module for power rangers they are yeah wow is it what is it like oh i don't know we're not involved at all and malika's system will probably never get made <laughs> dang i know my goodness was this yeah well i mean we can talk about that more later some other time i know yeah yeah yeah. we have to be careful what we talk about on here uh that's anytime we're yeah. catching up it's like there's things we would talk about usually that now i have to remember in the back of my head lawyers 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 yeah, it's a lot it's a lot to do yeah <laughs> Uh, so are you still playing any TTRPGs outside of the D&D game that you currently discussed, uh, or any other games, board games, etc.? I am, uh, no, technically, no, I'm not, but I'm, I'm working on my, that same system that I was telling you about, and, uh, I'm playing that, mm-hmm. but that's the only thing pretty much that I'm doing. Um, I'm playing League of Legends. I don't know if anybody cares about that. I'm sure there are. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> play League of Legends. Like, that's, that's a pretty popular game. <laughs> yeah, but that's not a board game. It's not a TTRPG. So it's like, but just in case, if anybody's interested, I play that and I play Starbound. Do you, uh, have you tried out any systems in the last couple of years? Any other, like, TTRPG systems that you've kind of experimented with? I played one that I'm that I played with like my friends for a bit. It was like a Gloomhaven, I think. Oh shit! Gloomhaven? Yeah, Gloomhaven. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, I played that one for a bit. Uh, that one was pretty fun. But then the, we couldn't play it if like the guy who had the rule book wasn't playing. Gotcha. And we were too lazy to learn. Yeah. yeah so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was the only one. Um, and there was another one that I played. Uh, it's like the one with like the little uh stuffed animals. I forgot, but it's not. Yeah. Nothing memorable. <laughs> Little stuffed animals. Yeah. Is this yeah, a board a, game or, like, a, or a role-playing game? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a role-playing game, but it's like a role-playing. Well, it's a role-playing board game, 
With but it's a bit starts off a yeah, but it's like it's a little stuffed animals. No he way. Plays like little stuffed animals. Yeah. And you play as a little stuffed animal. Well, you get to choose. There, there are different stuffed animals, and like the different stuffed animals have like the different like stats and stuff. So it's kind of like picking a class. It's kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Do you remember the name of it? Because this sounds exactly right up our alley. Mm, I think stuffed stuffed fables. Stuffed like fables. That. Okay, yeah. Shadow Uzumaki yeah. had it in the chat. Stuffed fables. I'm saying it again yeah. so somebody notes it for us. I'm sure now that I've said it twice, I'll get bugged about it for a while. But <laughs> next question. Do you have any winter traditions that you typically do around this time of year or partake in? Yes. Um, I have not put up the tree yet. I, I've put up the lights for like Christmas, for like Christmas house. Um, <laughs> barely. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's also hard because it's like, Who's going to see it anyways? Everybody's quarantining. But then also it made me realize that I was like, oh, shoot. These things, these traditions are not just for other people. They're for you. They're for ourselves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like one of those like, Christmas movie moments where you're like, ah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's, <laughs> it's so dumb. Are there any movies or anything yeah. you, you typically watch or any like family traditions? Family Man. Yeah, Family Man. I, I always watch Family Man. Um, damn good movie. Family Man. I don't know why. I don't know if I've yeah. ever seen that. Who Who's in it? It's one with Nicolas Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah. Maybe I it's, have. It's seen like it. when he's like, it's him and uh, the guy who who's in Iron Man. He he plays uh, what's his name? Oh, he frick. plays Obadiah Stane. No, it's he plays uh the other Iron Man, War Machine. He plays uh, he's he's a guy who plays War Machine. The first guy. Don Cheadle? Before they replaced him. Yes! No, Don, Don Cheadle, yeah. the second one. Terrence Howard. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Then it is the second one. Yeah, yeah. Don but Cheadle, it's Cheadle, yeah. It's Cheadle. Nicholas Cage yeah, so it's, and Don Cheadle. And Don Cheadle. And this is, yeah. a, is this and like it, a Christmas movie, or is this just a movie you guys have decided we're going to watch this every year? Uh, I've just, we've just, the second one. Second one. Technically, it's not a Christmas, Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. But it starts during Christmas, and uh, it goes the whole year until he gets back to Christmas again the next year. So it's kind of like a Christmas. It, it feels like um, what's that Christmas movie that like um he like sees when his life is like disappeared? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Yes, it's kind of like, like that. Yeah. Because he he gets a glimpse. He gets a glimpse of what his life would have would have been like had he had chosen something else. Interesting. It's, I feel like it's kind of Christmas e. But okay. I've just decided that it's a holiday. And, and is movie. Nick Cage the yeah. star of it? Yes, he's and he's character. amazing. <laughs> he's actually so good at it. Okay. He's so good at okay. it. Okay, I have to ask you. I have to ask you. Because as as a stunt guy and a martial artist, <laughs> have you seen jujitsu yet? No, but don't, I've heard. Don't. I've heard, don't. I've heard that it's the like funniest thing ever. That Because everyone's taking it seriously. <laughs> but it's not funny. That's the thing. <laughs> it's not funny. I was like, at least this will be funny, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even ironic. It wasn't even no. like semi like. No. Oh no. What a waste of money, dude. I know. Like Nicholas Cage is the only person in the movie that seems to go like, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm here. <laughs> Everyone else is trying way too hard, and I I will give the people this. There are some good action set pieces in it, where it's very clear the director just directed them terribly and then and in post yeah. ran out of budget or something because 
the editing is some of the worst editing and post like sound effects and stuff that I've ever heard and ever seen. But what just... do you expect from a movie like that though? You know what well, I mean? I mean the thing is like I love some lower budget, you know, foreign uh action movies because they just go for action and nothing else. Or you know, they're just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We, you know, like, let's... We know what we're doing. We know what we're, <laughs> we know doing. What we're Let's here just have for, some yeah. great fights. Let's get in there. And this is a, one of those examples of, like, they try too hard. And especially in post. And it makes no sense to me. You know, there's sound effects that are just the worst sound effects that take you completely out of the movie of just being like, I don't like, this would be better with no sound. Like, it's watching like it with the like sound bad off. folly. It's so bad. <laughs> Uh, Someone's getting punched and you hear like a water balloon. Yeah, no, it's like they use the sound library very clearly. They very clearly use the sound oh library and it's a bad sound I'm library. Really... But instead of leaning into it being a sound library and being like, we know we're using a bad sound library, we'll use it sparingly it and ironic. when it's hilarious. Yeah. They use it all the time and it makes you just want to like rip your ears out. It's I wanted it to be at least when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, Yes. Make it ironic. This is my movie. Oh, yeah. Just give me some good fight (laughs) scenes and have Tony Jaa and Nicolas Cage in a scene together, and I'm set. And I I got that part, but it was, like, not enjoyable even in the slide. Like, it it found a way (laughs) to take... It was cringy. It was not even good cringy, though. Like, I like cringy. I like cringy movies. I love certain cringy movies. They're like they have a grand this place in too my much. heart. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. It's yeah. rough. It's just not enjoyable. It's just not enjoyable. Yeah. I think had they found a way to make it enjoyable, the cringe would have been fine. You know, like but it just That's wasn't what he looks like. He's like a Jedi blade, right? And it's it's called jujitsu, but he's holding a sword. That made no sense to me. There's jujitsu like twice in the whole movie. <laughs> like there's a couple so they moves. Don't, they don't even use jujitsu. No. Like, oh there's like a couple moves in the movie that you're like, I recognize that as jujitsu. There's an alien that comes to Earth every so many thousands of years for a jujitsu challenge, and if anyone can beat him, humanity gets to survive. Um, oh my gosh. But like, they don't use jujitsu. <laughs> like it's a jujitsu challenge. Heck? We learned jujitsu from this ancient alien. It's um, for it's an alien's people, uh, reason for, for touching these. <laughs> for all the people in the chat room who are like, we need to do a community watch long. We need to watch this movie now. No. Let me tell you flat out. It do sounds <laughs> like I'm having fun explaining it to you because of how bad it is. And I will tell you, not enjoyable at all. A- Alex in the chat says it sounds so good. Alex. Everything you and I love about bad movies, it doesn't even have that. It doesn't even have the basic, like, it's just not enjoyable. I found myself smiling never. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage every once in a while. It was like he very clearly is having a good time. He knows what he's doing. But the direction around it made it so just not even halfway enjoyable. It was... And, and what I'm tell, trying to tell everybody is you're going to be bored out of your mind. At least in Cats, you get to watch us react to how stupid and crazy it is. If you were doing I didn't watch, see Cats, but I heard great things. Oh, my God. I heard great, funny, great things. I mean, that, that at least is so, so uh, 
so awful. You get the reaction of us being like, oh my God, I can't believe this was made. This is so terrible. Whereas Jiu-Jitsu, you're just bored and you're like, I don't know why I'm watching this. I have better things to do with my life than continue watching this. <laughs> like, Malika stopped. She was just like, I'm going to go do the dishes. This is stupid. <laughs> I was like, I'll get through it. I'll get through it. And I did. And it was just the most boring. Is it worse than Avatar? Yeah. Last yeah. Airbender, really? Yeah. Really? Wow. It has wow, less joy really in it bad. than that. Yeah. Dang. Don't watch it. Basically, Shower. what I'm saying is, don't don't do what I did and watch it. We can find better bad movies to watch. We can find better bad movies. But Nicolas Cage doing a jujitsu movie is not what you would hope it would be uh, at all. And no, it's a geez. real bummer. But it's him and Family Man is amazing. So yeah. if you're ever if you're ever bored, if you got time this week and you want to watch a Christmas feel-good movie, yeah, Nicolas Cage. I, you know, I might check man. it out. I might check it out because I do like Nicolas Cage when he's when he's good. When he's Not good, so he's, bad. He's, he's he's great. Uh, I mean, even well, I mean, the guy bad. loves his choices. You know, yeah, exactly. He believes one hundred percent of his choices, <laughs> and you gotta respect the man for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, that's an actor who just says, "Let's go." <laughs> you know, and he's in it, and uh, I do appreciate yeah, that. I do. He's he's method without being method, which takes a lot of talent. <laughs> you know, it's called insanity, bro. You're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a post, I saw a post on Twitter that was like how he's method even with when he travels, and it was like all these different places Nicolas Cage has gone, like where he visits, but he completely like changes his attire based on where he's visiting, like when he's when he's visiting. London, he dresses like someone from London completely. When he's visiting Vegas, he has a completely different like outfit that he wears and just and That's right, kind he's... of cool though. <laughs> I, it's crazy. It's crazy. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. It's nuts. It's insane. Yeah, I wouldn't do it, bro. It's insanity. <laughs> it is. But also at the same time you're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy has so much money." You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, l moving on from Nicolas Cage Christmas movies, uh, <laughs> do you have any plans for for celebrating the holidays this year? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. My family just does like uh, we do really simple stuff. Uh, so we just cook ham. <laughs> okay. We cook ham. We watch Christmas movies. Um, we did. We made Christmas tree cookies yesterday, which is pretty pretty run of the mill stuff, you know. Um. Christmas tree we cookies. We usually, huh? yeah, Christmas tree cookies. Yeah. We usually look at like um the the Christmas lights, but I, I don't think that's a thing this year. Like yeah, how many people are I really? I can't imagine like, too many people. Not not in Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't know. I'm know. not sure, but either way, we're not doing it. We're not doing it because it's just to be safe, you know. I mean, Even in the car, I feel like that. What are, what are we? We're the worst hot spot in the world right now, in Los Angeles. We are. Yeah. At least Damn, a couple days dude. ago, we were. We we're like the worst COVID hotspot in the world, uh, at least according to official data. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Far out. Well, I mean, at least at least uh, vaccines coming soon, and hopefully that's gonna be. Well, they're um, gonna give it to all the Republican senators first, so we gotta wait a little while. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we don't die off too much. Jeez. Yeah, hopefully we're not like all dead. You know, people who <laughs> who actively said. This is not as big of a deal as people say it is. Don't wear masks, blah, 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 blah. They're the first in line to get the vaccine. That's, uh, I, I, I feel yeah. like that should just, like anyone who did that should get 
punched right in the genitalia. Like, who well, it's just like you know, if you don't want to believe in the vaccine, don't don't take it then. Let somebody else. Yeah, take it for get a out bit, of the way. Know? Let people who need it get yeah. it. <laughs> you didn't believe yeah. in this. You didn't think we should be doing yeah. anything about it. Get the hell out of the way. <laughs> but Dude, even Canada was like that. I was surprised. I was like, I thought Canada was like everybody's mild mannered. Everybody says they're polite here. Dude, it's not like that. They got oh, like which Trump part of Canada going were you on. Vancouver. Yeah, and you, were you like outside Vancouver a little bit, or just like dead no, city? No, I was. I was smack dab oh, city wow. Vancouver, and people people were marching in the streets. They were like, "It's our bodies, it's our rights," and I was like, "You are using that incorrectly because that mask should be on your face, yeah, no matter what." Do you know what I mean? It's just like, uh, it's so sad. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so sad. I mean, there are always stupid people, no matter where you go in, in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. It is uh, what it is. There are always <laughs> stupid people everywhere, but it's like that that just basic human kind of element of like it may be your body, but we now have the data to show that if you just do this very simple thing, it saves lives. You know, it's just it's just a not weird mention, like Yeah, it's not that big of a deal, dude. It's, it's like not. dude, you really it's just one mask, my guy. My guy, you will not die from this. And also it's kind of cute. You know, the mask is kind of cute. Yeah, it hides you up their ugly faces. Here's an advice. Exactly. For people who don't want to wear a mask, it hides your stupid, ugly face. And more yeah, people might find terrible. you attractive. <laughs> that's terrible, but also semi-true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this. I shouldn't be saying I'll that. say it. I'm tired of this shit, man. <laughs> I am so exhausted. We... I just don't get it, dude. It's so simple, but I, man. I agree with it's Alex so in the chat. Simple. It feels like fake outrage. It feels like this was turned into a political agenda, so we're going to make it a culture war instead of an actual agenda or an actual thing that we disagree with. Because at the base of it, it's like, what yeah. are you actually arguing against here? You know, like, would you feel comfortable going to the dentist or getting surgery and that person's not wearing a mask as they operate on your body, you know, or how would you feel about somebody yeah. coughing right in your face, you know, or like, do you yeah. not feel it's rude when someone blows smoke right in your face? Like these are, it's, what are you arguing yeah, about? You uh, know, like the, it doesn't feel like there's an actual argument. It's like a, it got made political and then they use it as a culture war starter or something. And I, I am just, I spend way too much of my day very, very stressed out about this and I thought after we got, you know, we, uh, you know, Malika and Lucas and I traveled the country for six weeks, you know, and I thought I would be more chill when I came back. Uh, and it's actually kind of worked the opposite in that we met a lot of really amazing people on the road who are like doing everything in their power to make their communities better. And despite all the hardships and uh, to come back, and I know a lot of it just got triggered by what we came back to. Like, we came back to our famous the YouTube party, neighbor right? yeah. throwing a party. And he's thrown one every weekend since. Like, and, but we, we did see a notice on his door, so I think he's, like, out in January. But, like, coming back to that, I'm, yeah. I'm just more outraged now to, to see, like, how many people were struggling, how many people were just doing amazing work, and how many people could be out of that problem if everyone worked together to just do a very simple thing, we could go back to normality sooner. We wouldn't, you know, it's like the people who are arguing about shutdown, like this is the thing that frustrates me the most. You cannot be anti-shutdown and anti-mask. You can't. Yeah. 
They contradict each other. If you don't want to get your city shut down, wear a fucking mask. To me, it's that easy. It's like if you don't want your city to get completely pummeled and your hospitals overflow. Like Los Angeles is so scary right now. I don't know if you know, I, I put a meat thermometer through my hand a week or two ago. And that was almost two weeks ago now. Uh, Ow, dude. It's fine. You okay? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, healed <laughs> yeah. Up. it's healed up great. But I, had to, I was sitting waiting at the ER and... That was already two weeks ago, and seeing where it was two weeks ago, I felt so guilty being at the ER. And I only went because we called like a doctor on the phone through a phone service, and they were like, you really well, you need to go. you also stabbed yourself. That's kind of a realistic thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. like, I understood like these beds are needed for people. And sure enough, while I'm there, I had to wait outside because the waiting room inside was too full. And they put me waiting outside next to where the ambulances pull up. And Peter, it was so sad to be standing there and see ambulance after ambulance after ambulance show up with people, you know, on breathing apparatuses, you know, getting oxygen. And they couldn't take them inside. And it was cold that day. So you have people with blankets on a stretcher having trouble bleeding or breathing with an oxygen tank underneath their thing. And they're just sitting outside on a road yeah. because there's oh, nowhere yeah, to put them in the hospital. They have nowhere to push yeah. them, nowhere to place them. And I'm just sitting here looking at my hand like, I'll be fine. Just tell me I can leave. I don't want to be here. <laughs> like somebody else needs yeah. this. And I, I, I'm just like, for anybody who doesn't want to wear a mask or anything like that, I'm like, go stand outside a hospital for a day, just a day <laughs> and watch ambulance yeah. after ambulance after ambulance pull up and they have nowhere to put people the beds are full well, the thing is like the too, that, that bothers me is like it's you really you really want to stress out that much over not wearing a mask it's so over stupid a mask it's just a it's, mask it is so stupid it's so it is stupid. and the thing is like what's the, the other possibility is that what you're saying is reality which it is reality first of all mm-hmm. but like that's what i'm what they're saying is like oh that this isn't real this isn't real. It's like that's the other possibility. And the other possibility is you wearing a dang mask. I know. And I feel a like it, the whole mask. not real thing was when it started. Now they're like, it's real, but it, the fatality rate isn't as bad. And it's like, what? But still, 1%, it doesn't matter. You know, like 1% of our country is, it's like a million people. You know, like it's so many yeah. people. It's yeah. so many people. How can you sit by and say like 1% fatality isn't that bad? It's just, I think they they really cannot, like, fathom that happening at all because it's not personal for them. You know, it's like... It will be. It's sad. It will be. And that's the thing. It's like, it will be personal for everyone. Uh, Some, yeah, eventually. Yeah, it will be. It's a virus. It doesn't care. It could give a shit about your politics. It doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It, uh, it will affect everyone eventually. You can't, you know, it doesn't just, you don't. And, and that's the thing that was driving me nuts about Los Angeles six months ago when it was like, you know, L.A. was doing a little bit better about containing it. But it was like, it was usually the privileged people were the people we saw when we, because we were doing a lot of bike streams and outdoor streams and all that was happening. Yeah. And you would see a lot of privileged people not wearing masks and acting like it was their choice. And it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, this, like, you're not invincible and this will catch up to you. You might be fortunate enough to live in a big house on a hill away from everyone so you're less worried about it. Yeah. But 
it doesn't still... care. It doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, this thing, this thing, yeah, it's it's inside and it can't tell yeah. what what's going on outside. But it was like that. It was like that in the city as well, like in Vancouver. Like um, I posted about it on Twitter and I actually got some flack. Oh, like, really? Some people actually got upset. Yeah, because I was like, at first I didn't mean it in a negative way at all. I was just like. Dude, so many people in Vancouver doesn't wear masks. It's so weird. And I got a bunch of people like from Vancouver saying like, well, um, the chances of getting it out here are very low. Uh, we have very little uh, cases. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, do you realize? Not anymore. One you person. Know? <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's not. You're right. Exactly. The thing is like, it's not anymore. But also like, it just takes one person. One person to go <laughs> yeah. right next to you as you're passing by. For you to get it, yeah, you know, I, dude, it's just so little. It's so frustrating because there's that argument being used all the time, like, "Oh, there's less of a chance here," and it's like it only takes one. It, it and only it's, takes one. And, and the thing is, if you have a, a population where one. everyone's masked, it takes more. Uh, yeah. But if you think, "Well, we don't have much chance here, so what's the point?" Then, then it's going to spread yeah. that much faster because that one person that gets it is going to immediately go to everybody else you know like my small town where i'm from there's like 100 people that less than 100 people that live in that town and my parents just texted me the other day that someone i grew up with down there just passed from covid complications and this was a place wow. that wasn't taking it seriously and it's just like yeah when it's at that small of a town all it takes is one person and it's gonna exactly like everybody wildfire, yeah because you know? they're like oh nobody nobody has it here no it's like nobody's had it here so we you can come over it's not a big deal yeah the next thing you know it's like two family gatherings tough, man. two families has it it's tough yeah. you know, we we traveled the country for six weeks and very luckily we did not get sick and i know some people have tried to take that of like dude god bless you guys well, but it's, That's also fantastic. Like, it's also like you know there's one individual i argued with on twitter who was trying to say that you know that's because it's not a big deal. And it's like, no, it's because we conducted everything outside. What? We all wear masks. Yeah. We sanitized yeah. everything. And that's... <laughs> it's not a big deal. That makes no sense. You know, it's like, no, you can do it if you're safe. And, and you take yeah. care of yourself. And you take care of others. I just... Yeah. It's a wild time, Peter. And that makes me kind of like want to move right <laughs> into this next thing. You know, like... How do you stay positive in 2020? Like, what are techniques and what are things for you that keep your head up and moving forward in 2020? Um, wow, that's hard. Uh, plenty of things. It's not just one thing. I mean, I, I think I've talked to you a little bit about how, like, uh, I used to deal with a lot of depression. Yeah. Like, well, I used to, yeah, I still kind of do. I just, it doesn't affect me as negatively as it used to. So plenty of things that I do to stay positive. Um, the basic answer would be uh, caffeine. <laughs> that sounds dumb. Caffeine sounds doesn't dumb. give you more anxiety? No, because caffeine actually gives me enough energy to, to actually start doing something. Move forward, and, uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And the moment that I get one thing done, my brain registers a serotonin and then it starts to move forward a little bit more. And so it's kind of like the caffeine turns into serotonin, serotonin turns into action, action turns into more goals, more yeah. goals turns into more serotonin. So yeah, it, it pretty much starts the wheel for me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, caffeine, uh, sun, sun, when I, when I can, uh, exercise, definitely a lot of exercise because if you have the stress, 
the stress um, within you, you can get it out by force. When you're feeling like um, pressure on your body, uh, working out, mm. running away from giant predators is kind of similar to when you're on the treadmill, you know? So your body kind of... <laughs> I never thought I mean... about it that way. That's how I got to work out. I just got to put a giant predator yeah. behind me. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, dude, but I play make-believe when I work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it help you keep I going? I really do. It helps me keep going. Yeah. I, you know what? To be honest, that's probably, that's probably the, the most correct answer. How I keep a positive attitude is I play pretend. I play that I pretend that the world is not the world that I live in. Yeah. But also at the same time, it helps me see the world in a more positive light. So, long see, story so short. So you, you feel like make-believe and play are a very big aspect of who you are and how you keep moving forward. I... Okay, this is going to sound bizarre, bro. Not really. But I believe that... I read comic books for three <laughs> hours a night. Like... <laughs> That's true. Uh, I believe that make belief and and play and pretend is a, uh, it's the biggest part of everybody's life, not just mine. But I, I that is a theory of mine. My, the theory that I have is that if you everybody plays make believe, mm-hmm. but you the narrative that you choose to tell yourself is very important. And and if you choose to get a positive one. It helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps. Because this world, if you just look at the objective ones, if you're not looking at the narrative, if you're not if you're looking at just the bare bones of things, life is hard, bro. Yeah. Life is a lot of work, you know what I mean? Life is uh it's pretty much just work, 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 then things get taken away from you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I know that sounds really negative. No, it sounds no, really, it's, really it's, it's, but the society we've built. And the way we yeah. go about our life, especially in America, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's go, it's, go, it's go. It's realistically that. It's go, go, go until. Until and, you can't. And then, and then until you can't. But even then, it's like, not only until you can't, while you still can, things are going to be taken from you bit yeah. by bit. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's kind of so like, go, go, believe... go, go, go. Oh, I hope you have kids <laughs> along the way because nobody's going to be able to take care of you now. <laughs> you better yeah. Yeah. You stop. They have to take care of you. You've got yeah, that exactly. I no, I completely, exactly. I completely agree, and you know, I think, I think Malika would agree with you even more. Uh, she she focuses so much of her life on play, and like her whole personality is built around play and creating these imaginary situations that kind of help you get through life and and cope, and also learn more about yourself through that play. And I think she finds I, yeah, that that's fantastic. That's actually what I I fully believe as well. Like I think that that's how you can process new information. You literally play with with your mental self in that it's, in that way. It's you interesting because children do it as a necessity. You know, when you yeah, think but about we, it, why why stop? Exactly, and we do, and we do for the most part. Yeah. Uh, it's like there's a negative connotation around play as an adult, but yet most mammals. Uh, play as a form of like yeah. learning and, and understanding social uh, scenarios and understanding more about themselves and their environment. You know, I think about my dog all the time and I think about how Kaiju now in dog years is, uh, you know, older than me or the same age as me. And I watched that dog. <laughs> he's looking at you. He's like young whippersnapper. Yeah, basically, he got there. He got there. And I, and I look at that dog and I, and I see him sleep all day and I go, I can relate. 
And then I also watch every time <laughs> Lucas's dog comes over, who's still got a lot of puppy in him, and they just yeah. play for hours. They just play. And then how, you know, and at the end of the day, when I get done working and Malika and I sit on the couch to, to like, watch one of our shows or something, he'll walk up with his rope and be like, yo, dude, come on. <laughs> it's, it's time to yeah. play. Let's go. Let's, Let's play. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because, like, in a dog's mind, you know that, like, the way he throws that rope around it's as if he was training to do it to a snake or something like that. You know, it's yes. like instinctive, yeah. like, but this animal still understands it's play. And it's, it's yeah. a form of like us connecting and, and, uh, and, and, you know, to, be honest, like, to, to add on to what you're saying, that's actually kind of why I think exercise is one of the most important ways as to how I stay positive. Cause it's yeah. that same reason. Like, um, this is also going to sound a little bit insane, but like, I guess the way Kaiju is like instinctively, like, preparing to like throw down with that snake yeah so to speak it helps him prepare with his own animalistic nature so yeah. to speak you know he gets it out with, with, yeah, exactly yeah yeah and so like we if we if we exercise and like i'm i'm throwing my body against the floor every day and yeah. it's like so that way when i do that my body's used to that type of pressure to like yeah how it would be if i was in the wild if i was like going up against Natural predators. So as hard as life can be, we also live very comfortable lives in terms of exactly. our in terms of exactly. our struggles for survival. And it, it's like it's flipped. It's flipped completely. Yeah. You know, it's like a, well, sorry, what are you gonna say? Well, I'm saying in it, terms it, of the way we've evolved and the way society has evolved us, it's almost like we need to spend. We need to manufacture through play opportunities for our brain to overcome the stresses that we used to deal with that we no longer have to deal with because we're not faced with those struggles. We're faced with more psychological exactly. troubles. Like now, exactly. most of our yeah. lives are built around psychological troubles and how we overcome depression exactly. and, and things like that and, and lack of exactly. motivation. Uh, and like yeah. I said, anyone is motivated is like, if there's a lion chasing them. <laughs> you know, like exactly. You got motivation now. Exactly. You're going to die. <laughs> Exactly, but that's that's what's funny. It's like it's 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 baffled me. But you got it literally, um, you got the nail on the head, bro. But that's like that's what I'm saying is like, I have noticed in the past couple of years, anyways, that it's like it's become that it's become so reversed that in a sense it's like back then we used to be so concerned with survival that like we we couldn't we didn't have time for we didn't have time for stress. Yeah. But also at the same time we were in like our peak conditions for like functioning we were strong we were we were fast we, were, we needed to do what we need to do now we have it's so backwards that like our life is so comfortable that like the things that we see as predators that give us anxiety and stuff like that we've labeled it onto work we've labeled it onto whatever it is but because we don't we know that like everybody goes through it we don't label it as a predator anymore so yeah. we don't realize how dangerous it actually is because anxiety is killing us. Like, yeah. anxiety is killing America. Depression is killing America. Oh, These I, are I, real I problems. feel 100% like the last well, couple no, years like, have actually, taken, taken so much time off my life through anxiety and, like, stress. The thing is, like, you're saying that seriously, but also at the same time, I don't know if you mean that medically because it actually oh, is. Oh, no, I do. I do. I do. Yeah. It's given me ulcers. <laughs> it's given me more, you know, more arthritis with my yeah. condition. No, like the one thing with my EDS is I can directly feel when my anxiety is causing my body to be worse. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm not being positive and I don't have a putting those like that good outlook out there, uh, my body can't work 
to yeah. to keep the pain levels down and to keep, you know it's like it's a cycle it's a spin you're you know? not like, getting enough serotonin to to, to numb down okay. so to speak you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. no but it's true but the thing is like that is that is what's nuts is like i feel like we're living in a world now where we've turned the predators we pointed the predators within and we don't know how to label these things we don't we don't know how to process the feelings because we're now going onto a different battlefield as opposed to the ones where we used to be everything used to be so visible you see a lion you fucking run you know you you need yeah. food you get a goal you run yeah. after it you hunt it down do now you, we we're going after sorry what were you gonna say i was just gonna say do you think that we don't talk about mental health enough in this country we are starting to thank jesus i just yeah. want to say like seriously like this is it's i i'm baffled by the amount because i'm 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 a 90s kid, so I grew up where, like, therapy was still looked down upon with, yeah. like, public schools. Every, all of my friends were like, oh, you need you need mental health? Oh, you're, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're yeah. psycho. Yeah, it was very, oh, like, negative. Yeah. yeah, it was just, I grew up where it was still kind of negative, even though, like, thank Jesus, I, I feel like I look very, very young. <laughs> but, like, a lot of the, the people nowadays who are in this generation, they don't look at it the same way. Yeah. They look at it very positively, and, like, um... I had friends who are like uh, 21, 22 now who are getting free therapy because it's available. And I'm like, yes, exactly. That's how it should be. If it's available, you should get it. That's the that's what the government should be paying for. Yeah. Not not like getting you protection from, from like with metal sensors and shit like that. That's terrifying. You know, like let's get you well, therapy so, I mean, everything instead. in our culture as a capitalist society is driven by money. So someone yeah. along the way has to prove medically how much money we're losing long term for these health yes. benefits yeah. by not doing preventative care. And this Which has been a lot. problem with Which our healthcare industry for years, you know, yeah. like how much preventative care would help save money for the country in the long run. And once you show that, yeah. then the insurance companies go, oh, yeah, we'll cover that. If you're saying that well, we get yeah, to save of millions yeah. of dollars <laughs> yeah. later... Uh, just by chilling yeah <laughs> yeah we'll cover that but we have to keep i mean silicon hard. valley did that you know yeah. with like having their, their little nap rooms their little like rest rooms because it's true as human beings like we need we need rest we need mental health to to be able to to function at this okay this is gonna sound lame because everybody says this everyone's like oh you gotta be hungry all the time bro you gotta be hungry all the time go out while you're hungry i have the exact opposite mentality on that sense but it's it's got the same sentiment my my view on it is go fill yourself so that way when you're out on the battlefield you are ready you you're you're fulfilled you're you not mind, desperate you, you're not you, as, you know what i mean going into that a little bit more when you say people always yeah, say sure. be hungry what, what do you mean exactly yeah but okay the thing is like uh be hungry is a good it's a good uh mentality that, that people always say when you're like grinding you know it's like oh you always got to be hungry at the at the next opportunity you got to chomp at it you gotta you always got to be hungry you always got to get every opportunity i believe that you should be fulfilled at home so that way when you're out on the battlefield you are looking for the prize and you've got your eye on the true prize so that way you are not you're not you're not mentally drained yeah. Because, like, okay, think about it this way. When you're hungry, if you haven't eaten all day, are you on your best behavior? No. You are hangry. You're, your judgment is impaired. You will do what it takes to, to get whatever you eat, you know? And you will get the next opportunity. But you might not get your best opportunity. So my mindset on things is uh, fulfill yourself. 
fulfill yourself. Make sure you're rested. Make sure you are taking care of yourself emotionally. So you, and then you, when you are out there, you kind of operate under the belief that if you're operating at your best capacity, you're more open to the good opportunities that come along to perform them to the best of your ability. Not necessarily waiting exactly. for the opportunity yeah. to make you at your best. You're going to be at your best first, so you have that opportunity. Well, the opportunity, yeah, exactly, because the opportunity is always going to come. But the thing is, like, there are always going to be multiple opportunities. I believe that, in, in fact, the, the bigger problem is the paradox of choice. And when you are going out there and you are always hungry, oh, always be hungry, always be hungry, you're always going to be getting the next opportunity. The, you are not going to be making the choices of your life. You're just going to be taking the choices that life offers at you. As so, opposed to being like, oh, you know, that might not be the best role yeah. for me. I'm just going to wait on that one. So how do you... Uh, go get the next one. As a performer and as a person who, like myself, always has a ton of things on your plate, how do you say no to stuff? And how do you have... How do you deal with that paradox of choice? You know, what do you... You know, I'm still learning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still learning. That's the best. The best answer I could say to you is I'm still learning because um, 2017 and 18 would be the year of my just take everything, take everything, be be hungry, be hungry. And after that year, 2019 was a year that I realized no, don't be hungry. Enjoy running fast, but instead of being the the beast that is always hungry, be the horse that likes to run. So when people look at you, it's not like um. Oh, he's always grinding for something. He's always hustling for something. It's, oh, he's always doing the same things. Why? Because he likes it. Mm-hmm. Who, who could beat, who could outrace a horse who likes to run? Nobody. But you could beat a horse who is just good at running fast. You know what I mean? And I, I, I feel the same way about that in terms of like, um, in terms of opportunities. Because like, there are, if you're good at saying yes, there are always going to be people that are good at saying yes and people who can sprint really quickly. But if you make it a habit to like enjoy running after projects that you enjoy, like, oh, I, I enjoy making a project. I really enjoy making a film. I really enjoy the process of this. You'll keep doing it because you enjoy doing it. You know, and so you do come from like a process, a point, a standpoint of like, you're a little bit more fulfilled. You're not as desperate for your next job. So that way you can have a clear mind as to like, oh, is this next opportunity going to be my best opportunity? Is it going to make me... Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, how do you then translate that to uh, the mental fortitude of getting through a year like 2020? I know it's easier right now because you just got off a job for oh, six dude, weeks. Oh, dude, exactly. But yes. before that job for six <laughs> weeks, you know, like, it's one thing to say yes and overwhelm, and it's another to yeah. be faced with no prospects at all. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and wondering when the totally. next thing to say yes to is going to come along yeah. to even have the choice well, anymore. So how do you have the fortitude to kind of get through a year like 2020? Well, first, before 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 I answer that question, I got to say, um, when 2020 started, I actually was pinned. It was down to me and one other person for a, a series regular for a role on a pilot that did end up getting picked up. And I saw the figure, I saw the money, I saw... It was CW, it was going to be like lead and everything, and it was something that I really wanted, you know? And I was like, oh, this would have been amazing. But they ended up passing it on me after mm-hmm. I signed the contract and everything. Wow. And so that's how my 2020 started. <sighs> it, was, it was a painful thing. Yeah. It was a painful thing. But it made me, it made me look at things, and I was like, wow, I'm going into this, this quarantine with nothing. And that's actually how I got fortitude, is it made me realize that, like, when, whenever I feel those dips those like down moments of like things are going to be hard 
I, I feel how shitty it is. I know that sounds dumb, but I feel how shitty it is. And I'm like, am I still alive? Yeah. I'm still breathing. Yeah, I'm still fucking breathing. Uh, do I still have to pay the bills that, that I am going to have to pay next month? Even though the money is not going to be there anymore. The pretend money was that was supposed to be there. But I had pretended and, and fantasized, oh, yeah, this right? is going to pay for my car. This yeah. is going to pay for my yeah, house. I've done that many times before. I had deals so close. Yeah. But they fall through. They fall through. You know, and it's like, I, at that point, I was like, there's not going to be any production for a while because freaking, I, who, at, at this point, nobody knew what COVID was. It had just started, but all production had canceled. My, my nine to five job, which is my Chinese vegan food truck shop. I don't know if you knew about that, but I was working at a Chinese vegan food truck. No, I didn't know that. I couldn't, I was doing that, uh, 2019 and some of 2020 at the beginning. I had no idea. But, uh. I, I couldn't do that Chinese anymore. Vegan so I... food? <laughs> it was pretty dang good, Yo. I would say. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I couldn't even pay my bills, you know. So it's like during those times, you just, you really just have to look at it and be like, okay, it's going to get better someday. I know that sounds dumb, but the fortitude comes from like knowing that like it's going to get better because things always do. You can look at things as like, oh. Things are going to get worse and they will. You have to know that as well. It's like things always get worse, but also at the same time, it's like when, especially when things are really shitty, it's when you have to believe that you have to be like, well, at least it's not going to be this bad. Yeah. At least I got tomorrow and tomorrow might be a little bit better, you know, but that also shows me some things. Cause during that time too, I was in, um, I was in some relationships, isn't like friendships and I was in some clubs and stuff that I was not, in the right place and it was giving me anxiety and so during that time when i was going through the hardship it gave me the mental clarity to see that like oh this is not worth keeping up anymore because if i today really sucks tomorrow is going to be better oh wait tomorrow's not going to be better because i'm going to see that person anyways oh i don't like seeing that person you know it's like or it's like oh shoot i have to do this job again yeah. oh i really don't like this job it'll really sh- uh, really bad times, <laughs> my tongue almost slipped, really bad times help you see what you're not in a good place for. So yeah. you could leave, but also at the same time, Just it's start like, making those well, improvements. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's like things can get better. Things, things can definitely get better eventually, you know? Yeah. I always find it interesting to take those steps towards understanding relationships in your life that might be toxic, not necessarily through something crazy, you know, some like thing that's actively trying to hurt you. Some things can be toxic to you for the weirdest of reasons and most like, yeah, hard microaggressions. Yeah, micro. Yeah, it can be very small Mm -hmm. stuff, but uh, I think it's important to understand and take steps to fix those things, even if they're small. Uh, cause they add up 100%. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because well, the thing is like those types of things are people don't realize that like, uh, the little things in your life that you don't look at, that's what makes your dang life. It's not about, it's not about the fact that like, Oh, I booked a job. I was, I'm going to be on the show. Wow. That made my life. I'm, my life is now made because I was on a show or whatever, what, what have you mm-hmm. sometimes. Yes. You can get lucky and like you book a movie and it changes your life. For the most part, it's not that. What your life is defined by is like when you wake up. Are you yeah. happy when you wake up? 
if you wake up every day not feeling happy, you're not a happy guy. Suddenly that defines you. And then you, you realize one day you wake up and you're like, I've been writing this narrative to not be a happy person. Mm-hmm. When you, it's like, I could have, I could have made, I could have been writing the story of a really happy man all my life. But instead of that, I continued putting him in a situation where he's not happy. Maybe he's with a bunch of friends that he has to impress that he doesn't like. Maybe he's with a girlfriend that's not compatible with him. Maybe he's in a job that he hates. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I know this sounds bizarre, but like D&D made me realize a lot of that. Really? Because D&D made me realize, yeah, dude, because it's like, um, if you really think about it, right now you and I are having a conversation. You're Zach, I'm Peter. But also at the same time, there is your mind that's at play, and your mind is your character. And well, your player is your player. Mm-hmm. Zach is your character. Your mind is your player. For me, my mind is my player. And we're both two players sitting at a table having conversation in character. You know what I mean? And so when I realized that life was like that, it made me realize when I went through hardships that it was like, oh, shoot. When I'm playing D&D and I put my characters through hardship, sometimes I'm doing it for a story reason. Or if it's not a story reason, it's because I threw an NPC in there for for fun and they're fucking it up. So yeah. I want to give them a good lesson. Or if if it's just a random NPC that I threw up, I might use it to, to create my story lesson out of this thing. I might use it to railroad a player for this, you know? It's interesting so how I just many, made me realize that, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it's interesting how many people I talk to use role-playing games as an unofficial form of therapy not like real therapy it's, there's value in that it's, but as it's a form fantastic of, yeah as a as a form of like it's it's weird to say it like that but it's like it is role-playing you get to role-play out your fears your uh, anxieties you get to create 100 imaginary scenarios that feel safer to work your way through them uh, 100%. How you communicate with people, you know, in a safe environment yeah. where you feel like maybe there's someone you want to talk to somewhere else or you have a crush on somebody and you don't even know how to approach someone in that kind of fashion. You can role play that scenario in a safe space with friends. And if you were to just go up to somebody and be like, hey, I, I want to talk to this person. Uh, you be that person. I'll be me. Let's go through it together. They might be like, I don't know about that. That's a little weird, but you could set that up in a role-playing game and everybody just kind of goes along with it and you're all kind of acting out your positions. Uh, And and it's not just like relationship stuff. I feel like it's a lot of things, a lot of your different fears and anxieties. You know, I've met so many Well, the thing is like as human beings, we are are interpersonal beings. Yeah. So so yes, technically, even though it's like not just relationships, but everything in life is Mm relationship-based. You know what I mean? In the long run, you know? So it's like, so what were you going to say? Oh, I was... Sorry, I just wanted to apologize really quickly. Um, apparently, on the Twitch end, people are hearing like little audio pops and stuff. We don't know oh. why. This is why I love my oh, job. When you talk about stresses and... <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll we pop work up. so hard they'll to try to make up. things so good. And sometimes we just have to be like, we don't know. In our headsets, it sounds great. Uh, on the monitoring headsets, it sounds great. But then apparently on Twitch, it sounds like there's like little audio pops and stuff. And it's like, no idea. Is it still clicking now? No idea. Is it still doing it right oh, now? Oh, no, no. On my end, it sounds fine. It sounds absolutely fine in my headset. But apparently for some people, they're yeah. hearing like little popping sound stuff. You sound great in my headset. So that means we have no way to know how to troubleshoot it. That's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's yeah, the fun part. When it's oh like, to us, it sounds great. To somebody else, it sounds bad. It's like, okay. Yeah. 
We don't know. Well, I guess know. we can try. We can try our best. Yeah. We don't know. We have no idea. Yeah. It's wonderful. You so, We dumped so much money and time and energy into trying to make things as good as we possibly can. And then sometimes you're just like, no clue. We don't know. Yeah. We did our best. We're, we didn't write the software. So at the end of the day, there's only so far we can go. It's weird. Very strange. Yeah, I, feel uh, I do want to get back to some more of these questions because um, there were more questions that came in. Uh, I feel like we've naturally gone over a lot of things. Uh, oh, here's a good thing. What are some positive things that have happened to you this year? We talked about how you overcome the struggles of this year, but what are some things from this year that you're like, that made 2020 okay, like some good stuff? Yeah. Um, uh, I booked a job at the end of 2020. So yeah, I, I, I'm very grateful for that. I'm very, very grateful for that. I booked a job. Um, my brother had a kid. So for me, it's uh, all, all the good things that happened in 2020 came at the end. Yeah, for me, definitely. Um, my, my mom and my dad didn't get coronavirus. So that, that's a really good thing because I live with them and I worry about them a lot. But yeah, I think the best things that happened to me in 2020 is the fact that I guess I got through it. And I know that sounds dumb, but it's like, uh, yeah, my, my brother, he got to have his kid and he, the kid doesn't have coronavirus. His wife never got coronavirus. Him, he got a job as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Technically speaking, we were unaffected by, by COVID. So that's, that's well, the biggest blessing that I yeah. can say. Well, yeah. Unaffected for the most part. Right, yeah, right, I mean, right. affected we're as, as much as... In we're all affected in yeah. a societal way. Yeah. I mean, I, I had friends who were also affected by COVID, but my immediate family has been very privileged to have been... Yeah, we, we didn't get COVID at all. Mm -hmm. Well, we all stayed in, and also we didn't go out. We did our, we wore our, we wore our masks. But also, I mean, I've, I've known people that, like, have social distance and still got COVID anyways, you know, and that sucks. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have friends too who were being as careful as possible and they still got it. Still got COVID, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just really grateful that I didn't get COVID because I could have, you know, I yeah. definitely could have, but I didn't. So well, be I've, careful. I've been very blessed. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's going to be a while. I'm going to still be careful. Yeah, be careful. It's going to be yeah. a while before, uh, before any sort we of We can rejoice. Makes it yeah. To us. yeah. Uh, who knows yeah. how long that might take. I hope you don't, don't throw a party just yet. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, don't be like my asshole neighbor. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking. If, if there's any question I ask that you're like, ah, I don't want to talk about it, just let me know. But we did get a question yeah, asking, um, how has being Christian impacted your life? And I'm curious too, just like how does being Christian impact your life in the entertainment industry? Well, in the, oh, I think you were going to ask about COVID. Um, in terms of the industry, um, being a Christian impacts my life in the sense that it helps me keep a positive mindset a lot of the times because i i know that i'm not a good person in the in i'm i'm like an okay person and i know that sounds like funny to say but like i'm good by like an okay standard i'm not like except exceptionally good mm -hmm. and so i guess that helps me um that helps me feel okay about myself that i'm not like the best person in the world because i don't have to be Christianity helps me point myself towards the fact that, like, even if I make mistakes, when I make mistakes, just don't don't focus on the mistake. 
let it let it go and let it go with God and try to focus on being the be better version of yourself. You know, repent, repent on what you uh, made a mistake on, and um, it helps me think about things like that. In in terms of how to be in the industry, it helps me. Um, I guess it helps me focus because there's a lot there are a lot of things that come my way in the industry that would be presented towards me that I um, that I wouldn't know how to deal with, but. I guess the Bible helps me. It's kind of like D and D. Yeah. And this sounds really weird. This sounds really, really weird. But it helps me see life like D and D, because uh, the Bible will give me situations and scenarios where, like, um, you see people who are in influence, and you are you see people who are trying to make an impact in the world, and you see them make mistakes. So you get to identify what the mistake is specifically one by one, because there's so many dang stories in the Bible. So many, but it's kind of like in D&D &D and like how when you're playing D&D &D and you see a player make a character mistake, you know that that's a character mistake. And you're like, oh, that's a character mistake. That's not a character flaw. So I can, I can get rid of that as long as I try? Cool. How can I believe that that's not who I am? Well, conveniently, there is this figure in the Christian religion that can take your sins and die on the cross, you know? Mm -hmm. That's very morbid. That's a very morbid way of putting Christianity. But also at the same time, that is how it helps me view myself. So that way it's like when I make a mistake, it's like, okay, that's not who I was meant to be. I can let that version of myself metaphorically die away. Like uh, if I made a mistake as if I, I don't know, if I... Obviously, I'm not going to punch somebody in the face, but if I punch somebody in the face out of rage, you know, like, let's say they, let's say they, they stabbed Yoshi in the side, you know, like, they stabbed my big brother. I mm -hmm. think that would give me enough reason to punch that guy in the face, you know? Yeah. But also at the same time, it's like, uh, if I were to do that, no matter what, that's a sin. I would have assaulted that guy. It's not going to make the if world a better place. If you ask me to do it for you. <laughs> is <it> okay? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so to speak, it helps me it helps me see things yeah. a little bit better. It's not it's not it's my moral code of ethics. You know, like everybody has their own different way of looking at things, but it's the the way that I can understand how to be in the industry, how to be a unique individual in the in industry, but also at the same time be a unique human being for this world, you know? So yeah, long story short, long answer short. Right on, man. Okay. Real robot anime or super robot anime? Ooh. Well, that's not fair because real, real, okay, anime robot looks cooler. You know, like they look way cooler, but then that's not realistic. So you don't even know what it would look like in real life. So. For now. For now. Good point. Then that, I would have to go with the, the, with the anime robot because I would want a Gundam. Like if you could have a Gundam in this world. Are you kidding? Like, are you kidding, bro? Like, who cares if there's like a pandemic? I don't pandemic? know if I, I want that, man. I feel, I feel like that put a target on my back, you know? Well, like, that guy's true. got a Gundam. If I had it, like, a, yeah, that's true. That's true. They're going to be like, well, yeah. Maybe, maybe we pile up on him. We can take his Gundam. <laughs> I would not you want got that. a Gundam. Everyone wants your Gundam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dang, my light went off. But that's okay. I'll fix it later. Uh, oh, let's see here. My team forgot to delete all of the retweets. 
on my sheet, so I'm just stuck reading retweet after retweet after retweet. Um, Is that the plug? That's not the plug! Dang it! My light turned off. Give me a second. No worries, man. A uh, quick reminder to everybody, please do hit that follow button or think about subscribing if you're enjoying the content. Coming up next here on Hyper, uh, a bunch of Disney princesses, myself included, will be playing Disney Villainous, uh, the board game. Ooh. And um, there, there might be singing go. involved, but there will most definitely be dresses. It's going to be Ooh, an interesting that time. like a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> so I do got a question for you. All How right. did you first get into acting? Uh, fun story. I think I, I thought I talked to you about this before. Yeah, but not to uh, them. That's true. That is true. Uh, I actually didn't get into acting first. I actually got into, uh, I got into acting because I wanted to be a Power Ranger. I didn't, I didn't exactly want to be an actor. I wanted to be a Power Ranger. And, um, Yoshi, Yoshi was how I got into acting. He did some background acting, but, um, it wasn't until I got an audition for Megaforce, I think. I don't know. It was. It was one of. It was. It was either Samurai or Megaforce. It was one of the two, and he got the audition. And me and him auditioned. And um, the casting director was like, "You know, you got a good look. You should. You should try out for things." And I was like, "Well, sure," but at the time I didn't know how to. So I only. I literally practiced acting for one audition every two years. Power Rangers. Wow. Yep. So I did that from from Mega Force and then Dino Charge and then Ninja Steel. So you were just kind of like trying to hone your skills for a very spe specific role and specific thing that Don't, people were looking for. Do not do not do what I did. That is the <laughs> no. I'm I'm being dead serious. You had to like, unlearn a lot of it. I'm sure. Yeah, but still, that is like the slowest way to get into the industry. If anyone is asking, if you guys are asking me that because you actually want to get into the industry, my honest advice to you would be take an acting class, uh, join LA Casting, and uh, get inside an acting group. Those are my honest advice because that will get you in the fastest. If you take an acting class, you'll meet actors. You'll meet casting directors. You'll meet people who can get you in the door. Mm -hmm. You'll meet agents. If you just practice to be a Power Ranger, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And I, I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but it's just you really, you set yourself up so that your only road of success is very slim. Mm -hmm. And as admirable as it is, that's only going to be admirable if you hit your target. And if you don't hit your target, then you're going to be feeling like crap for the rest of your life about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I know that sounds really like negative and pessimistic, but yeah, if you really want to be a Power Ranger, Focus on being an actor first. How does one prepare for auditioning for just one role? <laughs> I have the sides. I have the sides, and I would I would watch Power Rangers relentlessly, and I would practice it with the different characters. So I would be like, oh, this is how Chip would read the lines. And then I would have the same sides. And it'd be like, oh, this is how Chip, not Chip, it'd be like, oh, this is how Sky would read the lines while watching the Power Ranger role while watching the, the TV show and putting him the, the sides that they gave us for every different ones. I know it's, it's manic. It's insane. Don't, don't ever do I it. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine that. Like, cause that was, 
you auditioned twice before you got it. So that's like a total I, of four years. Yeah. Yeah, six. Six. Because Megaforce first. But, but to be fair, after I didn't get Dino Charge, I decided to take my own advice now. And I took acting classes. Good, 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 good. So during that time, when I was going out for Ninja Steel, I was actually working on other acting stuff as well. So it wasn't just like focusing on one show anymore at that point. Right. I decided to cut my losses, you know? <laughs> what are some of your favorite things you've learned about acting? Mm, the most important thing that I learned is that we all play a role in life. And we... We don't realize the role we play until somebody tells us that role, so to speak. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. But yeah, I think that the most important thing to me is that we all play a role and that we get to choose what role we play. Okay. Have you learned any new skills since the pandemic started? Anything you've been able to pick up on? I, yes and no, because I started doing these hobbies beforehand but I've been doing it more since the pandemic and I've gotten a lot better since the pandemic. So uh, I play guitar. I, I also, I'm learning Spanish mm -hmm. and I break, I've been break dancing, but I've been uh, practicing more power moves and I'm actually like learning um, hip hop. I'm not just doing like break dancing anymore. What do you like mean by power moves? I don't, I, I power don't moves know are the like lingo. A... <laughs> So, so with breakdancing, it's like a top rocking is like when you're doing like the, you're actually dancing, you're moving, you got the beats, you're moving with your feet, da, 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 da. And then footwork or floor work is when your hands touch the floor. So it's kind of like, you look like you're doing like ninja jujitsu type stuff. That's floor work. And then power moves is when you're mainly just, it's just your hands and your legs aren't touching the floor and you're doing like uh, those things that require gymnastics. You're pretty much doing gymnastics style breakdancing. Gotcha. It's the X button. Yeah. It's like your. Yes. Yeah. It's your X button. Whereas yeah. like the other one would be like your square is your like top rock. Your triangle yeah. is like your, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about any of those worlds. And when you say you're trying to learn more about hip hop dancing, like, uh, what does that entail exactly? Are you taking like online classes or are you just watching videos? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking classes on a Steezy. Steezy is like a website that's online, and uh, they pretty much have all of it. They have it in slow-mo. They have it mirrored, so you can watch it. And I don't know, man. It's like something about these online interactions that are just really fulfilling for me, like lurking you guys or like watching these like classes. I watch lectures online, too, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> Just being having like interaction where I technically don't have to interact is kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> just just like being able to be in the room, feeling as if there's something social happening. Yeah, yeah, without actually having to put on, uh, without there having to be any real social pressure, mm -hmm. you know. Do you feel like you're <laughs> a social person? Uh yes and no, yes and no. I I used to feel like I was not social at all um i think as i've gotten old, older i would i i'm gonna be realistic and say that i do need people mm -hmm. and i'm definitely very social i'm just not very good at maintaining social relationships gotcha gotcha yeah. i i and i don't mean this in any way negative i i mean this in a positive way it's just an observation you know like 
we work with a lot of actors here at Hyper and have over the past. And you've always struck me as someone who's more um, got their own thing going on instead of being reliant on the social <laughs> structure of being an actor and being seen and being a part of, you know. Which is, that's, that's something that I'm still working on. It's, I don't know if it's Asperger's or what, but autism does run in my family. And um, I dated a girl who was like, I think you're autistic. <laughs> so I think it might be like slight Asperger's or something, but I do have a hard time understanding social situations, which is really good, which is really, really good when it comes to acting. Interesting. Because like, technically speaking, if you're, you're an actor, you don't know your social circumstance until someone tells you. And if you have Asperger's, I don't think I have Asperger's, but people have told me that I act a little bit different. So they might be right. I might have it. But uh, I don't understand social settings sometimes. And uh, so I might act in the wrong way <laughs> based I'm like this, in, against what the social setting is. Mm -hmm. And if you're an actor, technically, if, I, if the director tells me what the social setting is, then I can kind of fit into that. You know, so you it's feel more... like it's, it's easy for you to be directed towards the social output that you should be presenting, but have a hard yes. time understanding uh, the requirements what it of is. the room. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So rather than being, I guess, uh, a, a stand-up comedian where you're required to always read the room, I, I prefer doing acting, which is which has been phenomenal for me because it helps me a lot when they just tell me what to do and instead of getting offended and being like, well, this is how I would do it. I'm like, okay, that means I did it wrong. Yes, sir. I'll just do it the right way. I mean, yeah. you know, that's kind of how we play role-playing games too. You know, it's like... um. When when you when if you're doing it wrong, the DM will kind of give you a slight a nudge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm Roll that type brains. of person. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, okay, my bad. I was going the wrong way. I will go the right way now. Yeah. You know. So that's yeah. the type of person that I am. Yeah, and I and I'm glad you elaborate on that. That I I was um, that was even more deep than I was expecting. Uh, I I was making more a commentary on just like there, there's a lot of people we work with who. Um, surround themselves with a social scene uh, to ah. be an actor, you know, to like be a part of a certain scene, uh, kind of say like, all right, that's my group, that's my group, that's my group, and I'm going to be seen at all of these things all the time. And, you know, we always struck you as more of a, a creator who's like, I'm going to do this thing now, and I'm going to do this thing now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that is a unique, you know, aspect, I think, for, for people in the industry out here um, to kind of go by the beat of their own drum. Do you ever find yourself under pressure to go under the beat of a different drum uh, to make it in the industry? I do, but that's a good thing, in my opinion. In my opinion. I feel like um, sometimes I am a little bit uh, I, I go off of the beat of my own drum a little bit too much, mm -hmm. and that's not a good thing, because then it's like, uh, then I'll be crazy, you know, because it's like, uh, <laughs> if you only play by the beat of your own drum, then you're not making music for everybody to play to. You're just clanking a piece of rock, you know? So um, sometimes... I do feel like I have to go under the beat of somebody else's drum, but I love it. And I, I would like to be able to learn how to maybe take my beat and make it synchronize with the beat of other people's drums. So that way it's kind of like we make a melody together while we get to do the same things. You know, so it's like this collaboration of like, a, I, I kind of fit into your mold, but also I have my own specific flavor. And well, also, that's, that's also role playing games. Yeah, you yeah, exactly. Class, I mean, and it's like you're a part of a group. You're all there together, but you each have a very defined role that you're supposed to be filling. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know what? To, you're you're actually like making me see something right now. I look at life a lot through role playing games. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean that's that's kind of how if you really think about it, that is the structure of life. Role playing games. If you're cognizant of it, technically you're just being a self aware person. Except it's not as easy to meta game in this in this game that we're playing in right now, you know. When you're playing D and D, it's so easy to meta game. It's like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, I know I my want boundaries. My to... I know what I can accomplish. Exactly. I know what I can't accomplish. I know what's expected exactly. of me, and I know when I'm breaking that mold. Life doesn't yeah. hand us that guidebook, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. And also, like when we get the nudge, sometimes the nudge that we feel from our cosmic DM, I call him God. Some people can call him the universe. Some people can call him Gaia. Some people can call him Zeus. Whatever, yeah. the nudge that we feel. If anyone's calling so him Zeus, small. I wanna I wanna have a conversation with him because I'd be really curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, pagan religions, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Hello. And it all, but yeah, it's just a lot of Zeus did a lot of things. But uh, no, I mean, um, if you think about it in like that sense, it's like we don't get the nudge so visibly because sometimes we 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 take. We take it into our own account. We we take too much credit for our own life, you know. So it's like, oh, that happened because I was a piece of shit. Yeah. But also, it's like, yeah, I was a piece of shit. That's the cosmic DM telling you, this is not the path to go. Instead of being like, let me just try the stupid shit and date. Let's say, let's say the problem that you're going through is like, maybe you have a toxic relationship habit and you keep dating the wrong fucking person. Mm-hmm. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. But like, you keep dating the wrong person. Yeah. You know, it's like. That's like the cosmic DM saying like, hey, don't date that same person again. It's as if like you were a DM and I was playing in your game and you gave me an NPC to fall in love with. Obviously, that's a trap. Well, it depends on who the GM is. It depends on who the GM is. If Malika set up an NPC for you to fall in love with, she's like really hoping that that happens. Then maybe it's a love interest. If maybe I yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> if I do it, that person's gonna then murder you. It's a trap. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> like make a wisdom saving throw, bro. Yeah. No, you know. <laughs> but that's that's the way that I see life. It's a, I feel like um. It helps me. It helps me look at life a little bit more lighthearted. So when things go wrong, I'm like, oh, which one was the wisdom saving throw that I failed that led me to get here? You yeah. know what I mean? Ironically, a lot of these lessons I learned through Hyperforce. Interesting. So you came fully, out of Hyperforce yeah. learning life lessons. Fully. Are you serious? You're the only Dude, one. Dude, you, <laughs> bro. Bro, you realize what situation you put me in, right? Yeah, it was you a tough one. You put me in a situation where I had to be a Red Ranger, which yeah. means everyone was looking at me, but also at the same time, you didn't give me a script. So I had to come up with my own mind. What is an admirable person? I had to generate those thoughts myself. Because that, And, and, and that's an interesting – you bring up a really interesting point in that a lot of outside people wouldn't understand the pressures some of you were in and that – not only were we giving you the weight of your character and what you had to bring to the table in an improvisational format, we're giving you the weight of history. And yes. Power Rangers <laughs> have history. And this is something we all felt. Everyone on that production yeah. felt. There's a history. And the audience expects something from that history. Otherwise, it's not Power Rangers. Yep. So you're just told, oh, we hey. Had to juggle, the, we had to juggle both of them. Right. You're the <laughs> no, Red Ranger. By that. the way, you know what that means. So immediately, yeah. yeah, you're under this pressure of like, you know, and it's like, and everyone else is under a different one. And, you know, it's like Malika every night when I be under this pressure of like, I want to tell a certain story. Can I tell this story? 
how does that story fit in? How do I adapt myself to be able to tell that story and make it feel power? How do the players respond about it? Yeah. Because that's also a big thing too, is like she, she had a lot. And like, the thing is like, now looking back, I, I value everything that it was, but I, I do wish that I had gone about it a little bit differently because I could have made it a lot more valuable for everybody. But like looking back, I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is something that I think that everybody should do. Yeah. I truly believe that. And, and I know I'm not saying this with a, any hints of sarcasm. What you guys have given me through Hyperforce has changed my life. Because you, okay, the thing about psychology is like, one of the things that happens in psychology is your persona, the personas that you develop, your personality, so to speak, you get that through arguing. You get that either through arguing with the outside world or through internal ideas that you have in your mind. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say that you, the identity that you have formed is that I am a strong and, and smart businessman. And um, the way that you format that identity is because maybe uh, people outside have said like, once you're lazy and you have to argue against them. I'm not lazy. Look at all the things that I've done. Da -da 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 so to speak, you create that identity and you create that identity through the, the battering, the battering of outside forces. I had that mental battleground by being a red ranger yeah. on a show. And the thing is like when the show happened, it's, it's not only that it's the fans knew what they wanted to expect because everyone who was watching have the, they have the backing, the background of what a power ranger is. What is a power ranger to look like on screen? How nice are they? How kind are they? How brave are they? How courageous are they? They had all these expectations. Yeah. And I had to embody that in the three hour span that we were going. I had to embody that spirit within me. And as an actor, anybody who's watching this who has ever acted before, you know that when you're acting, even if you're just a director, when you say the lines behind your head, you feel them a little bit more. But you can only carry that spirit until they say cut. That's why method acting is so good, so that way you can carry it so that people project it onto you. That being said, I came into it not knowing that I was going to have to project that spirit onto myself for three hours straight. For weeks. I had to literally, for weeks, yeah. exactly. So I had to literally think about every opportunity. What would make a person good? I oh, get, the building is crumbling. And I'm curious Sorry, too, from this standpoint, to, different than say when you're shooting a show with the script, there's always a guard, there's a shield. In that at the end yeah. of the day, you have this little bit of a cop-out to be like, I was directed a certain way, I was written a certain way, or yeah. you don't have to deal with the immediacy of those choices because by the time the product is put out into the world, you've most likely already moved on to something else. Yeah. Or you've gotten a new yeah. set of notes for where it's going to go next, and you can only think about the future. Yeah. In a live tabletop format, you're having to um, do that, but then immediately see the result of your actions. Immediately. Yep. Exactly. Immediately your choices are being reflected <laughs> back on you, whether it be through the yeah. storytelling, the dice, or the audience itself tagging you, talking to you, or the notes that you yep. get back from the company that hired you. It's yep. all immediate, which puts a whole other layer of pressure and intensity on the entire project for every episode that you're doing. Uh, I... I don't think the entertainment world gives some of that stuff enough credit no because it's a completely no, different not pressure. at all yeah not at all no like at all in that sense it's like they do they do not understand the stress i've been on like well because like working with you guys was super professional but also at the same time the biggest psychological challenge that i've had to undertake 
but also at the same time, the biggest psychological metamorphosis, in my opinion, that, that my ego has taken mm-hmm. because it literally had to transform itself through that pressure of like your choices. How do they reflect on you? Yeah. And if they do, they reflect negatively on you, you're going to have to take that note from your boss, the person that is going to pay you. Also, your character in game is going to be taking the repercussion from that. Immediately. From the sense that yeah. like the DM. Yeah, exactly. The DM is going to take repercussions on you. Then also your the fans, the people that are watching, the viewers, they're going to put that negative thing on your character. Not even just your character in game, but like your personal human character. Yeah. So I had to think about all those things really quickly and generate new ways. So it was like, oh, that's not a Red Ranger thing to do. Why was that not a Red Ranger thing to do? I had to think about it right away. Oh, that makes Marvin look weak. Okay, that makes Marvin look weak. What can Mar- make Marvin look strong? What would make Mar- what would make a guy look strong in this situation? Because I don't know. I'm just I was just a 27 year old kid who wanted to play video games. I don't know how to how to make a guy look gallant when the building is falling down. He's emotional. Yeah. He likes a girl, but also you know what I mean. It's like I don't know how to do those things. But being put in that situation with all that weight. I had to learn. <laughs> I had to think really quickly and how to be a gallant, courageous individual. So mm-hmm. I would have to say that like Hyperforce changed me in the best way possible. It's really and I think that if anybody, if you could hold games where people are given credit for doing the right things, like um, you were giving us rewards for like uh, saving civilians. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're acting in character, you're saving civilians. It really, it makes a person think about those things because then they do want to be rewarded in the game, but also at the same time, it's as, in my opinion, it gets rid of the barrier for you to help and become a good person. Because at first, when you first introduced that to me, I was like, this is going to be so freaking try hard, dude. Are you kidding? This is so try hard. It's like, something I have to... I'm, I'm really proud of Malika for that. Unfortunately, I don't think she ever got enough credit for. Because yeah. we could have just done D&D for Power Rangers. But from the start, she was like, I don't like what that sets up because it creates a combat reward that's built like XP. You know, you kill something, you get rewarded, you get this, you, you get the chest, whatever. And wanting to, like, make something that felt more like you're rewarded for your actions. Uh, because Power Rangers at its heart is kind of like a children's exploration on doing the right thing. And she gave that right she gave that soul she yeah. gave that soul and that's the thing is like when when i started to undertake that that phase of like okay i want to be rewarded why because if she rewards me in the game then the chat eventually will reward me on twitter and if she rewards me in the game then my character will look cooler then the chat will like my yeah. character and <laughs> i want my characters to be liked yeah you know what i mean you'll get more fan and art so like these are <laughs> yeah exactly more fan art and more opportunities for me to get story points these yeah. are all great things so because of that, I started to physically change, <laughs> physiology change because my brain started to be like, oh, normally I wouldn't hold the door open for this person because that's freaking try hard as heck. But now in my brain in real life, I was like, wait, you know what? Yeah, that thought popped into my head. I might that's as well just do it. so you know? interesting to me because before it, you were a literal Power Ranger. Yeah. So you're saying different. that there's like a difference a major difference for you having to sit at a table and role play it out live than being on a set for months and playing the character yes, on camera. Yes, 100%. Okay, here's, here's the reason why. When, 
when you know the words are not yours, it's like when you lie. Mm-hmm. It's a if you You're lie. Acting. <laughs> exactly. Well, so to speak, so to speak. And also, this was my first acting job, so I didn't realize that like acting you technically shouldn't even lie mm-hmm. <laughs> you should fully believe it but at the same time it's like when you're given those lines it's like you're lying and when you're lying it's like a your your body knows there's an incongruence so to speak and you don't feel it doesn't feel completely you you may feel parts of it but it's like at the end of the day you're like these lines are not mine i believe some of them yeah but if there are any of the lines that are not you because obviously you didn't write them they're not going to feel fully you but when I had to do it for Hyper RPG, I mean for Hyper Hyperforce, I had to generate those thoughts myself. You would tell me like, okay, if this is this is kind of where I want you to go at the beginning. You'll give me like a character note, but you're not gonna tell me what to say. I had to come up with that stuff on the spot. <laughs> I had to I had to sound like a Red Ranger on the spot. Yeah, which means I had to generate those thoughts myself. And when it com- when it comes to like giving lines and generating lines, your brain knows, you know. And like when your brain generates its own thoughts, it has more of an attachment to those thoughts. And so my brain started appreciating how good it felt to to think about doing good things. Like when we were fighting, um, I forgot what it was. And uh, I remember there was um there was a the the, the ship was open and like they were gonna attack uh, one of the the drink stand or something. I went instead of fighting completely. I I went and I helped out one of the the people, and it makes you think differently. It just makes you like think like, oh, something's going on, but there's a chance I could be helping out somebody. You know, and uh, it just helped me go day to day to to actually be more of a real Power Ranger in real life, as opposed to just playing a Power Ranger. You know, I find that extremely interesting. Uh... And what I love about your answer, too, is I know it would be different talking to every single person who is on the show. For sure. Everyone For probably sure. had a different relationship with their own mental challenges of being that. Yeah, and, and well, the thing is, like, also, out. we had different roles to, to upkeep on Hyperforce. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, I think if anything, maybe if you talk to Paul... Paul knew that he had to keep up that, that good person mentality. Yeah. So he, he was already at it from the start. But uh, if you talk to Christina V, she never really did it even in the game. You know, yeah. she oh, wasn't. I'm sure, Christina would be yeah. a very different interpretation. I'm, and honestly, yeah. you know, the more I talk to Christina and I'm trying to get her to come interview with me, it's like she might have something profound, but it's going to be a profound that we don't expect. <laughs> you know, like... Exactly. At all. It's like completely out of left field. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing is like, I, I had to, for me, I wanted to project a version of a Red Ranger that I thought was ideal. You know what I mean? It's like my ideal Red Ranger is, is a leader who shares with his community. There's no such thing as an alpha. There's only a multi-alpha pack. Let's get everybody to alpha. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so for me, it was like I had to think like that truly. So then it changed my mind to actually be like, oh, shoot. That's how you can actually think. Yeah. <laughs> but to yeah, my, in my mind, you were always more of a Leonardo than you were a Red Ranger. But that's just because my experiences with Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so it's yeah. always kind of the, unreluct- yeah. the, the reluctant leader, you know. But we are at the end yeah. <laughs> of our discussion. And uh, we have <laughs> six minutes worth of dancing to do. 
six wow. minutes. Uh, All right. Pretty Let's much. Let's do it, bro. Dancing. So uh, I want to thank everybody for your support. Uh, we apologize for the audio pops. Like I said, we have no idea where those are coming from because in my headset, Peter sounds great. I sound good. Uh, it sounds like that on our computer. So after this dancing segment, we're probably going to go offline and then right back up for all of us in Disney dresses. Um, <laughs> I'm, fun. I'm Elsa, I think is her name. I've never seen the movie. I'm a little worried. Um, Malika bought me a costume. You've never seen Frozen? Not Bro. Yet. I've seen jujitsu though. <laughs> Are you proud of that? Are you proud of that? No, no. There's oh, not really? like a... Uh, <laughs> just is what it is. It is what it is. So, uh, time to dance. Uh, good night. We'll be and back. We're going to be go. Disney princesses.